All right, we are here for week seven of the Close to the Mark podcast. And if things sound a little bit different this week, I have to give a shout out to my wonderful fiance, Ashley, who provided us with this awesome blue snowball microphone from no blue, free ads, blue audio. Um, actually, sponsorship that's what we want. <laughs> So we're going to mention it that we're now using this amazing new recording technology, this uh, Blue Snowball microphone from Blue Audio. Um, and uh, thank you so much, Ashley. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful present, and uh, we hope our listeners to the Close to the Mark podcast will appreciate it. Um, so I'm Charles. I'm Corey here. I want to take a quick moment. Shout out to my wife, Renee, and shout out to my son, Roman. Happy Father's Day. Being Father's Day. I love you, son. Love you too, honey. But let's start wrestling. Let's do it. All right. So uh, June 17th, 2018, and uh, the world of professional wrestling, we are back once again. We're back. So there's been a lot that's happened. Um, you know, we were just talking about uh, the yeah. fact that in the last couple of weeks. Um, there's not been a lot that's happened. Well. But there are some humongous things that have happened. There are some things that have been so monumental that they've overshadowed the fact that a lot of it has been sort of nothing. 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 Yeah, nothing. They got the the outfit is very very cheap, but the shoes were so expensive. Right? You know. Right? That's that's, that's what that's what this week was. So we're so focused on the shoes because they're so nice. Yeah. I would say the shoes are seven stars. Seven. <laughs> I would say they are seven star shoes, man. So obviously the the first and and biggest story of the week is um Dominion, oh. New Japan show uh, from Osaka. Yeah. Um, and um, let's, are so good. Let, before we get to the meat and potatoes of it, let's talk about the event. There were some cool, some cool things that happened during the event. The Young Bucks are now the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of you know debate over whether they'd make it into the heavyweight bracket. They were you know junior heavyweight tag champions for a long time. Um, and you know, obviously like they were a good enough team that they were capable of competing with the heavyweights. Um, but, um, they had their match and, uh, they told the story of the young bucks getting murdered the whole match. Um, Matt still had his back injury. It's been plaguing him so much. Um, and, uh, one Nick Jackson got hurt. It was the story of the match too. Um, I think Zoe was just. They were lightweights, super lightweights, and they were, going to the heavyweights. And they were getting murdered. And size is king. Yeah. So they just got beat up. But their their partnership as brothers and tag team partners is so good. It's so good. That they were able to overcome, and, and they are now the new uh, IWGD heavyweight tag team champions. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of tag team, or we not a couple of tag team titles, but a couple of titles that did change hands on the show. Um, including uh, Michael Elgin. Yeah. Is, um, Shout out to Michael. Yeah, yeah. When you do a podcast, you'll be ours. He did say that as soon as he's ready to start doing podcasts, his first appearance is going to be on Close to the Mark. We're we'll holding you, we hold you to that, sir. And I hope I can call you Big Mike just one time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Uh, did you see? I, I loved. I loved seeing his tweet that uh, he, you know, was at the gym at six a.m. ready to hit it, ready to grind it out. Champions. Champions are made of guys who get to the gym at six a.m. ready to do some work, and the gym didn't open till seven. Didn't open till seven. What a good, what a good. What That's a good, why you're a champion. That's so. why you're a champion because you have an hour to study 
your next opponent. Yeah. When you're at the gym an hour beforehand. Yeah. But yeah. I but I wish I wish we could have used that hour to record a podcast with him. That's what I feel like should have been pretty reasonable answer. Isn't that yeah. Fair? yeah. Hey Mike, I'm at the gym at six don't know seven. So uh, let me get this straight, man. Just sit in your car right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well uh wanna report a you wanna record a segment or something? Right. But we're gonna, make, we're gonna make we're gonna make it happen. I don't do podcasts. Because that man, I promise you, he gets up early enough in the day that one of these days we're gonna make that happen. We're just gonna call him. Yeah. Um, so uh so he won the uh the triple threat match um that also had Taichi. Mm-hmm. Um of course, uh huge, huge story um with um Jericho. Yeah, that 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 messed me up. That blew my mind because I did you see that uh, I mean, it's the bridge here at Takeover. They have a Fozzie song that is the 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 song of Takeover, official song of Takeover. Uh-huh. Obviously, Fozzie is Jericho is Jericho's band. He's the lead singer of Fozzie. Mm-hmm. So you got Jericho going to Japan. Maybe Vince doesn't know who's going. Going to Japan, winning the Intercontinental Championship in Japan. Who's not even the same character anymore. And you would think Vince would be like, well, if he wants to work with that company. We're not going to feature his song in ours, but they hit you with the swerve and they featured the song. Yeah, inter inter promotional workings going on. Workings, we'll man. we'll come back around. <laughs> that but that, uh, that messed me up. Match Melz gave it four point five, and I didn't see it. Well, and you know, I mean, it was so Japan, especially New Japan, has uh, a, a long history. Of course, all Japan really did, but. Um, uh, uh, a history of um, you know intense brawls, blood matches with uh, Western stars. Like that's going back to the days of like Stan the Lariat Hansen, um, you know, and Doctor Death Steve Williams. Um, but when a lot of guys came over from, the, why was his name Steve Lariat? No, Stan, 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 Stan Hansen, the Lariat. Is that what he, did he do the clothesline of hell? He invented the clothesline from hell so much that it's his name. Yeah, the, the Lariat. Lariat. Absolutely, <laughs> Stan the Lariat. Yeah, so Stan. One... Stan was one of those guys, man. I've known because we, you know, obviously we live in South Carolina. I have known in my lifetime a number of guys, and I'm going to throw my dad into this category too. Like, just a huge, big hoss of a dude with a mustache that, like, can pull off the mustache because he doesn't give an F what you think. Does it curl at the end? No, 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 no. Just a big, bushy mustache because I'm going to wear whatever the hell I want on my face. Okay, respect. Ron Swanson kind of man. Oh, a real man. A man's man. Man's and, man. And, and and just this type of dude where you know, like, if you put this guy in a bar full of sailors anywhere in the world and a drunken fight erupts. He's winning the world Rumble. He's going to walk out without a scratch. No yeah. And no that's scratches. like, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say he's one of those guys that fits in that category. Jericho is trying to put on that persona, trying to put on that air of like... Yeah. I'm, I'm so yeah, like I'm so like just an intense like deathmatch brawler that I'm gonna just be violent. And I mean, I they were willing to do some some nasty stuff. I didn't like his like his look. What do you face- remind me of? You remind me of like Green Day. People don't know about Green Day. They made a lot my, of music. My Chemical Romance was more what I would. Uh, I don't even think about them. I'm just saying. Yeah. Is that Green Day is old and people don't know that. Well, they might not mm-hmm. now, because I'm talking like five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, they're old dudes, 
But these boys have just been making music for teenagers forever. Yeah. And I always figured if you make music for teenagers, you're probably like 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Boys were like 45 yeah. and after it. Yeah. And that's how I felt about Chris Jericho. Is like kind of older. Yeah, but I, he's appealing to the young. It was weird. Yeah, was I, so I weird. saw Green Day way, way back when, and they'd already been around for. I'm gonna say they'd probably been around for seven or eight years, maybe a little bit longer at the time that I saw them, and they were a headlining act. Um, and I already like at the time they were already older than me. Yeah, Morgan. So Green Day is the Morgan Freeman of the music industry. They just been old forever, right? They just they just been old. Yeah, but. Respect to him, get after Kind of like Weezer, but anyway. Weezer is. Um, anyway. You don't know who Weezer is. I feel like Weezer is the rock rapper guy. He makes a song that, uh, he's always rapping. No, no, no. We've, we've now firmly established that you don't know who Weezer is. I feel, yeah, we'll move on, but if, okay. if I come back to this, I'm going to tell you there's a song by Weaver, Weezer that he's rapping. It exists. Okay. And he is. All right. So, uh, so Jericho, though, the I, I, Intercontinental Champion. Um, the the New Japan World Intercontinental Intercontinental Champion, uh, the Intercontinental Championship, of course, you know, is the title that Jericho has held the most of anyone in history. Now a ten time Intercontinental Champion, I believe he said. Mm-hmm. If you count the WWE titles and the New Japan title, yeah. I want to know where on the is, is the Intercontinental Championship is is when you add up title reigns because like he's falling. I'm not sure if like this is the Ric Flair conundrum. So Ric Flair has been world champion X amount of times. 16 official, but really way more, yeah. Yeah, but they're in, so what they mean by world title is top belt. Uh-huh. Top belt has not always been called the world championship belt. Right. So it's actually he won the top title with X company this many times. Right, he won the WWE championship back yeah. when it was the WWF championship. Yeah. He won the NWA world championship and he won the WCW world championship. Exactly. So if you use that logic and that kind of flexibility, what title do you have to win at a different company for it to count as an international championship? As an inter- Well, I mean, I think... This has is, he called it at that point? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the kind of the interesting thing is that both... You know, WWE has the Intercontinental Championship, which was supposedly originally won at a tournament in Brazil by Pat Patterson in 1964. Mm -hmm. The tournament itself was fictitious. It was just a belt that they made up to give to Pat Patterson, and it's existed. Um, Vince has been involved in conspiracies before. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, But I think in this case, it's just an interesting coincidence that you have the parallel that the second belt in the company the the belt just below the world championship is called the intercontinental championship by both companies and i think obviously you know in new japan it's it's called that because that's what the wwe championship is so that's what's based after yeah Mm -hmm. like if you're going to have a world title and you're going to have a secondary title you call it the intercontinental championship so if 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 on the cruise on the jericho cruise Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor does not have anything called Intercontinental Championship. Oh, I don't think so. So, could he win a belt with Ring of Honor? That would count? That would count. No, with... I, I would say no. So, I feel like Ric Flair has an unfair advantage then. Because he won plenty of belts that weren't called exactly the World Championship. But yeah, but, but that's the thing. is Not many of those are, like, if he won, say, the Florida Championship Wrestling World Championship, I don't think that's necessarily counted among the 16 World Championships. But when you say, but in reality, there's many more. Yeah, that's it it's that. in this it's in the stack of like way more than yeah. 16. I'm talking about the but in reality there's way more. 
R- right, right. So but you, I mean, well, you, I mean, like Jericho could go out there and find like independent companies that have an intercontinental championship, and he could just win all of them, and then you know next week he could have twenty eight intercontinental championships. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. You shouldn't have to do that. I feel like I mean, I would do it. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean, if given the opportunity, yeah. if I got an email, they say close mark podcast. No, no, no. I would actually email. The, you would. The, you would. I start. would email the promoters of those companies and be like, "Yo, I was WWE Intercontinental Champion. Now I'm New Japan Intercontinental Champion. I heard. I did a Google search and I saw that you guys have an Intercontinental Champion. I made it to page eleven. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and you guys are out of Idaho. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, little company. All right. Well, look. So, Fozzie's touring through Idaho in about nine months. I'm going to come and win your Intercontinental Championship. I only got about 11 minutes, though. Yeah. I got 11 minutes. It's going to be... Clean, I got to be on stage by 5.30 for our uh, sound check. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to need to win the belt. I'm going to be the opener of the show at 5 o'clock, all right? But, <laughs> but I'm winning the belt. I'm winning the belt. Give me the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. And then afterwards, there's some competing promotion in Idaho. And he's like, yeah. hey, I got a couple minutes. I got to go to this... Uh, Gotta go to the after party, but uh, at the after party, yeah. actually, after he headlines the concert, mm-hmm. then he headlines the the Idaho show with eleven people in the crowd. Right. But it's the after party, so there's actually two hundred people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Wins another Intercontinental Championship. He has like the he has he just like grabs a bunch of people from the concert. He's like, "Who wants to see me win another belt? Who wants Follow to the tour bus. Follow the tour bus. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of tickets in Idaho. I think tons of them, at least at least double digits. Yeah, I think he's gonna win an Intercontinental Championship on the cruise because a cruise is Intercontinental. That's true, and it's going to be the official Intercontinental because he's gonna say. Can it be a real intercontinental championship if, you if you're not currently traveling between right. continents? Right. That's a good point. That's a great point. But uh, hey, Jericho, if you do that, show some love to you boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so any other? Uh, I mean, the, the Naito story is interesting. I think you know we're probably you know eventually. I know people were talking about like there was the one spot with Ibushi telling um, Omega to go for the Phoenix Splash where he missed. And people think, like, that's probably at some point setting up something between those two. Mm-hmm. Like, Omega's going to be like, were you setting me up for something there? Yeah, were you actually working But out? I think Naito has got to get back in the title picture, in the world title picture now. And it's it's interesting that um, it looks like it's actually Evil from the team of Evil and Sonata that's going to be... Evil has fought Okada for the well, championship. Well, Cody Rhodes next at the Cow Palace. But, but uh, right, for the world. But for the Intercontinental Championship... Oh, okay. Um, Evil has fought Okada before for the world title. He lost, but um, but Evil appears to be the next challenger for Jericho's Intercontinental title. I find that really interesting because, you know, the one thing I was thinking about when we watched the New Japan Dominion show, Sonata, from the team of Evil and Sonata, I see so much money in that guy. He reminds me of Edge. It just, like... The way he looks, the way he moves. Yeah. I mean, a Japanese edge, obviously, yes. <laughs> which I, is the part I didn't want to throw out there, but I'm gonna have, I feel like I have to. But he reminds me of Edge. And I feel like in the team of Evil and Sonata, I see Sonata as the guy with the breakout star potential that I would love to see him be the guy that surprises everybody and takes the Intercontinental Championship from Jericho mm-hmm. because I think suddenly people would be saying, like, there's your next single star. You know, but I feel like they have too many single stars. The they have a lot. Just too good. Who was the? What's the guy like? The huge guy that they had? Ishii. No, no, no. The the young guy. The the guy who. Well, I mean, he wasn't that young. He was in his thirties. 
but he was considered a young lion for a long time, and he was so big. He was like the most muscular Japanese wrestler I've ever seen. Looked like a... Anoki? No, no, Anoki's a long time gone. Let's see if I can Google search it, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. All right, well, anyway, um, so I guess we, we should talk about the match, though. Yo, there's just so much to talk about, because they're too good. Two out of three falls, Omega, Okada, four. Yeah. Two out of three falls with no time limit for the world championship. Can, let me, before we get too deep into this, I've been in a mood lately. You can see how I felt on, on our Twitter. And it blows my mind the small differences that can lead to things feeling like bigger stakes to the point that WWE obviously doing a great job. Obviously all this money they're making, everything like that. But you cannot be complacent because you can learn from other companies. Think about the differences here. You had AJ Styles versus Nakamura, right? First one, clot shot. So what's the second one? No count out, right? Mm-hmm. Still lost, still match ended via crotch shot. So the point was, you're going to crotch shot. Well, actually, me. no, it was, it was, uh, it was. No DQ. No DQ, and it was still a count out. Yeah, it was still a count out. Yeah, yeah, that's what they did to continue the feud was that. And then the next one, is, I guess, is this one. Well, no, they did the match on SmackDown to determine the stipulation. Oh, yep, yep. Where Nakamura won clean. Yes. Which is the, the most pointless, worthless match. <laughs> A non-title match between the guys clean. in the championship program. You have the challenger go over clean to set up a stipulation. I mean, he just won the title if the belt had been online. Exactly. But in any case, so you take that and you can just see their inability to like organically continue to move a story forward. And then you have the genius of Omega Okada, yeah. who first match is just is what it was. The second one was the second one that they ran out of time? So the first one was the match that nearly went an hour. Yep. And incredible, but um, Okada wins. Yep. And then the second the one? The second match is the hour-long time limit draw. This, uh, yep. And the third one is the G1 match. Yep. Where Omega has to win and has to win in under 30 minutes and he does both exactly so he proves that he can beat okada and he can beat him with the one-winged angel but it's a question of hitting one-winged angel it's a question of can he hit because if he hits it he's not kicking out and he's proven that he can also like he can beat okada within an allotted time frame so at that point Essentially, on paper, you have 50-50 booking. It's 1-1-1. One, one, one. Right. right. It's the perfect So now 50-50 we booking. found out that Okada can beat Omega. All right. We know that, yeah. We know that. And the only reason he didn't last time is because he literally ran out of time. Well. We know that Omega can beat Okada because he did it within 30 minutes. Yeah. So the reason, so Okada wins by stamina and not running out of time. Well, Omega can just win against so the one wing. Okada has the Okada has the champion's advantage. Well, I know, but is, it wasn't relevant in this one. But but it's always relevant in it's always relevant because the champion's advantage always says, "I don't have to beat you. You have to beat me. You can't take the title by not beating me." But I don't have to beat you. I can I can lose the match and still walk away with the title. Well, not in that one because if he but gets counted it's, out, it's, when it's win for a now, win. Now, when it goes two, when it goes two out of three falls, yes, they've set it up that ostensibly you take away the champion's advantage. Exactly. But, so it literally made it the evenest floor you could, and the no time limit was a plus to Okada because right. the, he would have been up two one if he just had more time. 
And the fact that Omega won under 30 minutes, the key was just hit the one winged angel. Right. Means that any given time, like that one match you had me watch before, the Ric Flair, maybe Steamboat, uh-huh. that there was a time limit and he just unexpectedly won before the time was even close. Right. So that, about, It was about nine minutes. Yeah. But. So they played out that Omega can win at any time, hitting that. And Okada can win if there's just enough time. Mm-hmm. So when that match was playing out, it was crazy on edge because the stipulation fit the match perfectly with no flaw, yeah. period. And it gave him a medium to put on a seven-star match. And meanwhile, on WWE, you got a crotch shot, you have a stipulation you have a, to avoid a crotch shot. You have a kick guy in the balls until he can't stand up match. Yeah, that, that was the stipulation. That is a stipulation. Yeah, that is. So... Crazy to think that WWE is the king, but they say kick the ball so he can't stand up. Mm-hmm. You have New Japan that literally, in my opinion, is storytelling perfection. They're just like, you know you what? Do we're just going to set these guys up and we're going to just let them go until there's a clear winner and the rules of the match are set up in such a way that like we just know there has to be a clear winner. Yeah, and it was so perfect. The only way you could have the only way you could have screwed up the booking in this match would be to have one guy win with two countouts or a countout and disqualification. That's what would happen in WWE. It's what would have happened in WWE. Yeah, what would have happened in WWE is Jim Hall versus Roman Reigns and the Singh brothers uh, crawl from underneath the ring and grab Roman's ring's feet. So he can't get back in the ring. So he can't get, well, they drag him under, so mm-hmm. he can't get back in the ring. And then they, he gets counted out for 10, so now it's 1-1. And then at 8, Roman Reigns literally punches through the bottom of the ring and crawls back into it just to get hit with a coloss and gets pinned immediately afterwards. It would be trash. Yeah. But it would be cool seeing him blast through the bottom to get actually when I said that. But it would be trash. Yeah. Well, as we've now discovered, uh, WWE rings have been upgraded a little bit. So it may be a little bit more difficult for Roman to do that now without a chainsaw. Well, it would be tough, dude, to talk to Kane with him being a mayor and be like, hey, man, so can you give me the key to hell? Yeah, the gate? that's true. Because, but I just feel Well, like, you don't need it anymore. Yeah, I mean, you like, don't need it. You got Knoxville. Exactly. You literally need the opposite of that. Yeah. Like, you cannot open that anymore. You're yeah. done. Yeah. Will he show up? Will he show up? If there's a Knoxville event, will Kane show up? Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I think probably, like, I mean, probably, I, I was going to say front row, but probably not no, front row. will he be on the show? I think, no, but I think he'll be on the show is, like, he'll be, up at, the top, he'll be up at the top of the ramp, and he'll wave, and, you know. I want, I want real Kane to show up, because Mayer's get a salary, right? So, you could kind of say that he's always getting paid. If you just break down 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, which would mean we're, t- well, Knox County's tax dollars would actually be going towards watching Kane chokeslam people. And that's when wrestling made it. I mean, if he came out, if he came out like as the big red demon with the mask, I would love that. Would you be cool if they came to Tennessee and whoever he ran against, like when they were running for county, took a chokeslam from Kane? And that's how he was eliminated. No one ever heard about him again. Well, that would terrify me as far as what it would imply for politics. So I'm going to say no. Well, I feel like politics are terrifying. Yeah. But I think that'd be sweet. In any case, let's. You we know, just went from Kenny like, Magazine. Nobody mentions this, and it, you know, I mean, like, she's the head of the Small Business Administration, so I don't know how much news it makes, but you do realize, like, Linda McMahon 
is part of Donald Trump's cabinet. Yeah, I imagine Illuminati's real. Vince McMahon is in it. I mean, I think we did talk about this a little bit, but like Vince McMahon essentially can just walk into his wife's office, pick up the phone, and be like, "Mr. President." Well, I feel like he can pick up his cell phone, go mm-hmm. to contacts, click on probably Donnie. He probably says Donnie. Donnie. Yeah, Donnie with like a golf club next to it. Donnie, but like in a gold font. Yeah, definitely. But Donald probably saved his name in there and made it the gold font. No, it's it's like. Vince, but the letter C is a cent sign. Oh yeah, that would be pretty cool. What's what's Vince saved under Donald Trump's phone? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like Vince, but with the letter C is like a cent sign. Oh, he put it. What doesn't Vince McMahon got more money than Donald Trump? Well, not according to Donald Trump. Well, according to Donald Trump, the the United States has less money than Donald Trump. Right. So I'm. You're saying like, how's he actually saved yeah, on, <laughs> on Donald's phone? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, fair enough. Like he probably like, is saved under Donald's, Donnie. Donald's got Donald's like he's only got two billion. I got you know, trillion. fifteen trillion imaginary Trump dollars. Well, if I am America, it's safe to say that I have in control of America's money. That's true. So with a small loan, so from that a means, country that means that Donald Trump is fourteen trillion dollars in debt. And you know what the worst part is. I'm not going to say the worst part, because at the end of the day, regardless of politics aside, it's pretty cool that the president got stunned. Yeah. You know, that's like pretty cool. Yeah. The head of the Small Business Administration's also taken a stunner or two. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, you, we've, we've given stunners. That's what I found. But the president, of the, clo- the president of the country has clotheslined the president of WWE. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but, but he would probably be like, I am in control of America's money, and because of that, I have... I'd be Opening like, of a lot, and, we, and you would say, but that's negative fourteen two dollars. Like, you're, oh. you're broke. Yeah, he'd <laughs> you be are like, oh, so broke. Well, I uh, we'll wait till I'm done. Yeah, because we'll be up there. We're going to gonna turn this economy around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna have a wrestling based economy. I mean, I feel like a little bit. I mean, Tony up and up. Yeah, you know. I mean, if you bought WWE stock, congratulations. It's going there. Boys yeah. are rolling. So yeah. let's talk about this match though. The first fall of Omega Okada. You have the so you had the story that uh, Okada. I, do, do you think it's interesting too like I don't want to make this a long aside but you have Kenny Omega Kazuchika Okada and Kevin Owens all in pro wrestling all superstars at the same time I feel like at some point we need a KO triple threat there are yeah yeah like only maybe that's the the promotion yeah maybe he's that's gonna call himself KO he's gonna say I'm KO and then one day like you I'm, just get Okada steps out and be like, "There's only one there's KO. Only, this is the KO show. That's what's gonna happen. This is not Monday Night Raw. This is the KO show. Mm-hmm. And then Kenny Omega's huge new kits. You're right. This is the KO show. Yeah. But KO stands for Kenny Omega. And then Okada's music hits. Well, you were right too. It is the KO show. Well, I don't think he can speak English that well. No, but you have a trans. I mean, like you got a translator. Yeah. Yeah. This is the KO show. Now we got a Kevin Owens, Kenny Omega. Oh, is that a WrestleMania main event? The three of them? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a main event no matter what. That's like, that's like, yeah, a, a, a Kingdom Mania main event? Yeah, and that would be, but this would be the swerve, right? After Okada comes out, Roman Reigns comes out. And he's when like, a suit and a pen, he says, well, guys, I recently changed my name. <laughs> my name is now Kenneth. <laughs> I don't even... Oh, Kega. <laughs> this is the KO show. Yeah. And then he promptly beats them all. Yeah. <laughs> and then as he's getting to, as he's won the match, he's already won the match. Mm-hmm. He's standing tall. Kyle O'Reilly's music hits. 
Roman Reigns kills him in like four seconds. Kills him so quick. Yeah. Shout out to Kyle Riley takeover though. Yeah. It was pretty good. I thought it was weird at first. But in case, man, so, yeah, we can have could that. it be any better? <coughs> this is what I want to talk about. Seven stars is a lot. Well, Would it have been ten in the Tokyo Dome is the first question. No. Okay. I mean, so the idea here is you had, and this is why Meltzer, because Meltzer talked about like the reason it was seven stars. Yeah. So you had the two guys who are probably, you know, pretty strongly, arguably, the best two professional wrestlers in the world right now. I don't now. think it's an argument. I think it's one and two. Okay. And you can choose the number. But that's well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, they're pretty strong cases for one and two, yeah. whichever way you want to go. But that, those are the guys. Yeah. They have the best story going between the two of them as far as the outcome of a match between them for the world champions. Exactly. You have, you know, you've built up to exactly the right point in the feud yes. for, for there to be a decisive finish where, like you say, it's one, one, and one. Yeah. You know, it's a win, a loss, and a draw. So, like, there has to be a decisive mm-hmm. conclusion you have the perfect match to set it up, which is no time limit. Yeah. Best two out of three, give us a decisive finish. Yeah. You tell the story that Omega acknowledges Okada is the best wrestler ever. He's the best wrestler there's ever been. Sorry, Brett, but but essentially Omega saying Okada is the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Man, I think Omega's Canadian too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's the best. I can't like I can't outdo him as a wrestler, but we can go. We can go 90 minutes. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. And when we get to when we get to 88 minutes, I'll be standing up and he'll be on the mat sucking exactly. wind. He'll be exhausted. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'll win. You have Okada who's saying essentially like he just knows he is the best. And all he has to do is he just has to get his mind right. Mm-hmm. He just has to focus on this and be in the right frame of mind to win. Yeah. I think the part that they should have hard up a little more like I cannot criticize this at all because I do believe every aspect of wrestling, they nailed it perfectly each one. So there's no room to criticize. But the only thing I wish they would have played up a little bit more is in reality, Okada hasn't beat Omega in a long time. Yeah. I think it was like a year probably. Yeah, more than a year. Yeah. It goes back to last Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So it's been a long time since Okada actually beat Omega. So, and they didn't seem to make that very relevant but I mean that's a very very at the end of the day it's so perfect so there's not much negative right uh, well and so the, the way they kind of overcame that was that they had Omega took it to Okada in the first fall and mm-hmm. he was strongly on the attack and he was breaking out he was doing springboards over the barricade yeah, to the first row in the crowd like he was bringing everything he had mm-hmm. but Okada the better wrestler still rolled him up and got the pin. Exactly. Just because like he's the better wrestler. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to the point where Okada, the champion, is up one nothing, and he's back with the champion's advantage in his back pocket. Mm-hmm. And now this might be Okada's downfall, is that, you know, he's so used to, like, now he's in a position of, Kenny Omega, you have to beat me. Like, I can beat you by count out. I can, you know, I can beat you... You have to pin me clean. You've got to beat me twice. Yeah, but he can still get counted out. You've never beaten me twice. Yeah. But, I mean, you've never beaten me twice, and you've got to beat me twice now to win the championship. So the second fall um, is, again, back and forth with just, like, breaking out everything in their arsenals, and they're both getting absolutely exhausted. That V-trigger when Okada jumped over the barricade, though, was just so sick. 
Yeah, there were a lot. I mean, there were a lot of spots in the match that were nuts. Like the this Kenny Omega taking the drop kick from the apron, crazy, and going out, landing on the barricade on his side. Feet never made contact yeah. with the floor. Like that, he just landed on his ribs on the barricade. That dude does not miss. I don't even know what that's called. I call it a love handle, but I feel like when you're in shape, it's not a love handle it's anymore. A, it's the kidneys and the yeah. Yeah, but what's that? I mean, it's called a love handle when you yeah. got one, but it's not called love handle. People don't talk about it. I mean, just, whatever. I'm gonna call it yeah. love handle muscle. All right. There is no. That man has the strongest love handle muscle on the planet. Right. Because love handle just ate the whole thing. I feel like that would hurt. I, I don't think I'd get up. I would I, die. I would slay there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's stuck. Like you talk about, like how there is to a certain extent a right way to fall. Wasn't that? But that's not the right way to fall. The way to fall with all of your body weight landing on a like a little ring of metal on one spot of your body is not the right way to fall. Not the right way to do it. But he did it for the match. That boy's good, man. So that's that's a start and a half. Is that more dangerous than the stuff Will Ospreay does? No, no, because, I mean, like, that's, you know, like, you have the potential to break a rib or maybe a couple ribs doing... Lacerate your kidney. Well, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, you could potentially, like, die, cause some internal bleeding. But you're probably, like, if it's bad enough, you're probably going to get taken to the hospital and you, you know... You just feel like you're saying cause internal bleeding, like, that's not a big red flag. I agree with you. I agree with you. But, I mean, like, if you've seen Masawa die in the ring from a suplex and you see Osprey do the stuff he does... Like, that's why people talk about, like, this dude at some point is going to dynamite kid himself or he's going to dissolve himself. I feel like, like when Osprey, as long as he doesn't botch, he'll be fine. Well, but Kenny Omega... You say is, that, but, like, I... So, the idea of a bot is, like, he doesn't land on his head or neck the right way. And I feel like there is no right way to land on your head or neck, but he seems to think there tuck is. Tuck the chin, man. Tuck the chin. Uh, tucking the chin and landing, tuck the chin, man. tucking your chin and landing on your neck you know, the, on yeah. an apron or the floor. It's a smooth roll. That's why them parkour jumpers be doing that roll afterwards. Yeah, but he there's plenty of times where he just lands on the back of his head and That's his neck, the and then his. I feel like if the boy botches, here here's the thing. If I had to guess who, if if a, if a headline read, I don't want to like put too much. It will wrestler, wrestler gets dies, severely hurt. Wrestler paralyzed. Wrestler dies. I would assume if it said wrestler paralyzed, I would assume. It was Will Ospreay. Yeah. If it said wrestler dies, I'd assume it's Kenny Omega. I see. I I, I think either way. I assume Osprey. See, because the Kenny Omega man, he'll just willing to do stuff that it doesn't even need to botch. It's just I gonna see. kill you. No, I don't see. I mean, he's like, just like I can remember in Gardens. Of, no, is that is that Infinity Wars when Drax is like, you know, do it, do it, uh, Star Lord. I can take it. When he's got the cannon in his face, the hand cannon, mm-hmm. that's what Kenny Omega signs up for all the time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I can take. But this. I feel like Omega's. I feel like Omega. He he does a lot of stuff that is like he knows how to make it look a certain way while he's actually doing it in a pretty protected way. How do you how do you look? Landing all your way. Well, on that, the that side was terrible. That was like that was just a bad. Like that was. Like that's literally the kind of thing you see when you go when you have somebody send you a YouTube clip of like or or like skateboarder like skateboarder or roller rollerblader or somebody botch fail whatever and you see like somebody doing a rail grind and have that happen to him you're like oh well he went to the hospital you know what's really weird when you were talking about rollerblading and all that and doing the grinds and failing. The phrase I thought of, he's going to get dicked. And that's when you fall in there and you hit 
mm-hmm. your crotch. Uh, they'll but do in that wrestling, spot. I instinctively call it crotched. Yeah. But I'm wired to think dicked when, huh. when you're thinking rollerbladers and stuff. So wrestling actually has a, a pull on my entire personality. I just learned. Cool. That's deep. Yeah. That's so, deep, man. So the second fall... Um, Omega hits the one-winged angel. One, two, three. Which, as we know, there's no getting up from. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, there will be an Omega Okada 5. No, he, he kicked out of one. He didn't. I thought the first fall was, the second fall was o- Omega, one-winged angel, got him. Mm-hmm. Then between the second and the third, I feel like there was a one-winged he angel. He hit there. a one-winged angel that was right at the ropes, and he didn't go for the pin. Okay, gotcha. He gotcha. then hit the V-trigger and a one-winged angel. And okay, it. gotcha, okay. So that was, and that was the third fall. The third fall, not that long. You know, it was kind of wrapping up the, the event, and we'd already been going for 60 minutes. So we made it up to about 70 minutes. Um, Omega got the second um, one-winged angel, there were lots of V-triggers, lots of so Rainmakers. It's just so weird because the same stuff I complain about wrestling for. Let's think Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania. All it was was a finisher spam. All they did was kick out, and it was trash for that reason. On paper, Kenny Omega and Okada did essentially the same thing, but it was seven stars, and I agree. I'm, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm lost here. I'm going to be the old man in the argument, and I'm going to be the old you know, wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that if there was just one problem that I had with the match, it came in the second and the third falls. When we're 45, 50 minutes into a match and we're hitting a guy as fast and hard as we can with a knee to the head in the age of UFC. You know, I just feel like when you hit a guy with 18 or 20 full force knees to the head and he's still kicking out Mm -hmm. in an age where we know that like that's a first round, first minute knockout. Well, to be fair, you see what happens after CM Punk takes three punches. Yeah. His face looks like meat. Yeah. So that's the one thing is I didn't, I thought the V trigger was overused. I really did think that the V trigger was overused. And I thought that in an, Old school two out of three falls match in early WWE or in in NWA, you would have seen wrestlers reach into their arsenals of submission moves more and try to exploit body parts that had gotten hurt in the match. I can agree with that. So I think I would have liked to see the second and or the third fall emphasize more that a a specific body part other than the head was being targeted to do damage and try to get a submission. Yeah, but what's that mean? You don't have to you don't have to worry about other body parts if you focus all your energy on just one of them. Sure. Because he means towards head up. I think though But I just I, that's the that's my one gripe is like you I know, don't think it's a gripe. They I, they hit the they hit the rainmaker and they hit the rainmaker in such a way that like Okada was the one who fell down because he was Which just was so incredible. He was so exhausted, and like I feel like the you know like that's a good spot, but so you want spot you needed then? But nineteen for, for knees, a, nineteen knees to the head is just like it's somewhere along the telling the story. Yeah, you're digging deep, man. It crossed the line for me nah. that like I want to I want to have it still be real to me. Damn it, but. I think you missed you missed the bus of the new age 
and your your older age than Vince then. Because one thing that I yeah, agree, I'm, I'm eighty. One thing I agree tightly with Vince on is the the suspension of disbelief does not come from the wrestling moves themselves entirely. It comes from the story and the characters. And if the story and the characters you care enough about and you believe enough about, that stuff does not seem as alarming. And I think that's the reason the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match, which are spamming finishers, and it's all I cared about how horrible it was because of that, because I did not care about the match or the result that much. I didn't. I just focused on how spamming finishers was horrible. I, I, I focused too much on the match itself and how they could have, like, how they spam finish, like, how could you take it? But with Okada Omega, cared so much about the story, so much about everything going into it. When he kicked out of it again, I was like, oh my God, this dude, it matters so much to him that he's digging deeper than he ever did because he just accepted he cannot lose. And that's how I closed myself that it was okay. And I, I mean, after the match was done, I was okay with it. Yeah, I just because I know, care. I just, I just, I feel like you know what I expect to see is, is like at a certain point after a guy takes one of those knees to the head, I expect to see that boxing pose reflex where a guy just like, you know, his arms just reflexively thumb up because he's, you know, he just got concussed and knocked out, and that's like that's not the story that they told of what that move does, and I just feel like if you had replaced, and I know it's one of Omega's signature moves, so it's going to come up a lot, but. I feel like if you'd replace that with, like, we don't see Okada, like, in the position of, you know, his shoulder is dislocated and, you know, he's got to deal with, like, how is he going to get through the rest of this match with having had a dislocated shoulder? Like, I think if you replaced a lot of that work with, like, a, a shot to the ring post of his shoulder and then working over the arm and the shoulder... To establish that, like, he's getting more and more desperate. And then you have him hit the Rainmaker, and his arm is already so injured, his shoulder's been dislocated, that when he hits the Rainmaker, he falls down because the pain is just making him collapse. Yeah, but now you don't feel... It doesn't feel definitive anymore. Because you say, well, what if he wouldn't dislocate Well, but it's like what you said with... with, with, you know, with Carmella and Charlotte, is like you can't take away the credit from the one wrestler for the other wrestler getting hurt in the match. Like, no, I agree. Omega, like, that like if Omega dislocates Okada's shoulder and then puts him in arm bars and cross faces and hurts him to the point that Okada hits the Rainmaker but then collapses from the pain, and you've taken away his chief weapon and his See, way I, of finishing you, like that's the story of how Omega wins the match. And See, I, I think, think we I'm, need to, I think the continuum, left and right. Hundred and a hundred. Left side, strictly entertainment value. We'll call it sports entertainment. Right side, wrestling. Mm-hmm. We'll take Daniel Bryan is all the way on the right. Enzo Amori is all the way on the left. Mm-hmm. Right? I think you want the product to be way more on the right than I think I want it. Because I can agree like with your idea. But I also get crazy hyped up when it's one-to-one and he hits him with the V-trigger. And if he hits him with the V-trigger, that means the one-winged angel's coming up. And if he hits him with the one-winged angel, 
to win. The five moves death, man. Yeah. Well, it also, look, like, I've watched, build I, to it. I've watched the match several times, and I, I and that's not. I don't say that to say that like I didn't think it you was it once for every star. Rating? No, I haven't yet. But <laughs> I'll get there. But but if I do, I'm gonna say I'm gonna watch it six and three quarter times. <laughs> you just turn it off. The, the picture at the end with the just the dollar. Oh, that was such a great shot. We talk about just the dollar with yeah. the ramp. Oh yeah. man, someone's genius. Yeah, Someone and I love I loved the segment they did too with the golden elite. And now, like Omega, before I take this championship belt, let me talk to my boys, the Bucks and Ibushi, Kota Ibushi. I don't understand the Bucks, but I can respect them because they used to be his cornermen. They're like I get Bucks. they were his cornermen. I just don't understand why they're so popular. Like, I have nothing but respect to them because show love where it's due. But I don't, I mean, they literally, their finish is the Melcher driver. Mm-hmm. And they straight up acknowledge they're just super kicking everybody. Well, At E3 event, they super kick the announcer. So, like, that's what they do. And I just don't get the allure of them. But, yeah. I mean, you got to show them love because they are the biggest tag team on the planet. They also have the Indie Taker, the Psych Tombstone. Which... No, that's the Melcher driver. No, no, they do the Indie Taker, Spike Tombstone, Springboard Tombstone. Pretty sure that's the Melter driver. You're gonna have to Google this one. Yo, dude, I think I'm right here though. Okay. I'm at, am I right? Um, we're gonna we're gonna. Yo, Google I think it, the Spike Tombstone is called the Melter driver. I thought that was an, I thought that was like a corner move or something, but yeah, they jump on it from the corner. Look, I'm playing. Sorry for the for the pause here, guys. We, we just, just have to settle. This you know how fight. it is. Like in the internet age, like if you have even the slightest disagreement, you got to figure out who's right. Hey, you need a definitive answer. Yeah, it's one one one. Absolutely. I know what this is. Yeah, is this what you're talking about? Me about this. What is this? This is. Oh, so I think the Melter driver might be with the flip because you need to look up the indie taker now. The indie taker, yeah. But but I mean, you gotta tell live to the people that I was I was on the right well, track. Okay, so that move name. is, but like we need to establish maybe the move has two names and we're both right because this could be a this could be a neither a win or a loss but a draw situation. Well, I guess we need to be one and one. Yeah. yeah I apologize, yo. If I type an indie driver, it's really no indie hard. taker. Indie taker. Yeah, you know, like because it's a tombstone, like the taker does, and this is the best indie taker they ever did, and I have Brock Lesnar in the beginning of it. About to do it. Okay, they're kicking each other. Yo, they they go balls at wall. They can't take that from them. So what are we looking for here? All right, we got springboard DDT. We got super, super kick party. Yeah, you know it's not. It's all right. We got. Mm-hmm. We have the call for the razor's edge. It looks like. That's the indie taker. No, that's not. Oh, this is the indie taker. All right, so we set up for the tombstone. Springboard spike. Okay, so that's what they did at um, Dominion. They did the Indy Taker. So the Melter driver is it's the a AA. Because when you add the flip, it gets more powerful. Yeah. So Melter like, adds another star. <laughs> I bet you, I wonder if that was there. I bet you it does. They said, yo, if this is... What can we do? How can we add a twist? And they were literally like, let's just add flip, a twist. Flip. Yeah. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> dive. Yeah. And flip. Yeah. All right, so I guess we can say All right, we'll one and one. One and one. We'll call it one and one. That's the way this works. Some things I like that. I okay. don't like that, though. So, <laughs> it'll be okay. We'll find what... Sorry we'll about find, the pepper challenge. We'll find future arguments. I feel like one one, we should have finished it with the pepper challenge, but then it would have been one one two. Yeah. So what if we just... Has there ever been a few that someone just drawed forever? Seamus and Cesaro. Oh, wow, that was a quick answer, yeah. dude. That's two one two. Yo, well, they only drawed for like seven. I'm talking about a feud... That they would just never beat each other. 
Oh, ever. Like, would that be a hot feud if there's two dudes that straight up brawl <clears throat> every time? Take a Randy Orton when he was super duper angry, mm-hmm. and then you take uh, the guy you always want to see, like a Ric Flair, like will just not lose, but won't necessarily win. Mm-hmm. And you just have those dudes DQ Randy Orton, uh, Ric Flair crotches, and DQ Ric Flair, and it's just 0070. No one ever wins. It's always dirty finishes. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like. There have obviously been situations where, like, they play stories kind of along those angles where, like, somebody wins the match with a roll-up win, but he's actually more exhausted, and then the other guy attacks him, so he about every, really win. Every or... Dolph Ziggler versus new NXT call-up match. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know, it's interesting. I mean, like, I feel like, I feel like you're on to something, though, that that would be, um... Well, it'd like, be like I, a mid-card thing, man. But I feel like it could draw money, you know? Like, I feel like... Because I feel like... The reason, it would, the reason it wouldn't last forever is that at some point, you would either say, like, you know, we're going to tell the story of, like, we're going to put these guys in a tag team and call them the bar, or you would have to get to the point where you said, like, we're just going to put these guys in a match where there has to be 100% a clear winner... And we'll call it a Punjabi prison match or something. You know, I mean, it's. I just feel like eventually you're going to get to that point where everybody's going to say, like, I need these guys need in an inescapable them. cage where somebody has to have a decisive win. But I, I do feel like that, that angle would build up a lot of heat, for sure. Maybe we should start our own wrestling promotion. We should do it ourselves. I, I think we've talked about this. I feel like <laughs> I don't. I just feel like we draw money minus the quality of wrestling. Yeah, but we could talk some people into the seats. Oh, man, <laughs> we would deliver on. We would deliver on the mic. Yeah. We would just... Would we... After three matches, would we get a better or worse reaction than Roman Reigns at Raw? Oh, I think we'd... Be, I think we could be beloved. I think, like... I think we could get... I think we could get the fans behind us. Is Almost there... no matter what we do. I think... I think we... I think we could literally get to the point where we could be like, you know, we're going to make ourselves like the faces of the company. The whole company. And then we're going we're gonna to make ourselves like the... Mr. McMahon and we're just gonna like we're gonna find a way to make the fans hate us and we're gonna come up with an angle where just the fan like we have go away heat like the fans just hate us so much is there a place on the card it was us it was us all along is there a place on the card for two dudes well out of their prime way out of their prime we're gonna post pictures here right but we're just not on prime more now we can run no we're not we're not bums we're just not in our prime more. Take that as you will. Regular dudes. Is there a place for obviously regular dudes on a WWE card weekly? Us. So, here's what I want to throw out there. <laughs> we are ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like above and beyond anything else, this is what I need to put out this week. Okay. Because Brian Alvarez right. has only worked one match in the last eight years mm-hmm. against Buddy Wayne. Yeah. And he is coming out of retirement to team with Filthy Tom Lawler for one Watch match. Watch your back, Filthy Tom. I don't trust that Brian guy. For one match because he's coming back to face the greatest tag team of all time. And you have the Rock and Roll Express. Brian Alvarez and Filthy Tom Lawler, the Chop and Roll Express, taking on the Rock and Roll Express. Shawn Michaels just said he's willing to come out of retirement for one match. Does this end with it should be against you? Well, Shawn specifically said he's past his prime. 
Okay. He's not the old Shawn Michaels. But he was just in an ab contest he with Johnny Gargano. But he can't put on the show like he used to. He can't be Mr. WrestleMania. You're not going to get that guy again. But would you win an ab off right now? He, he literally competed to who had the best abs. Like he said, he said, if he was going to come back for one more match, it would have to be a fun match, a tag team match with Triple H, DX. Okay. Corey, we talked about the idea of us headlining WrestleMania 35. Bring them home. I'm hyped up. We said, we said we could bring fans into the arena, Mm. into the stadium for us one-on-one at WrestleMania 35. But that's not our match. Because we are a team. We're a team. The team. We're a team that draws every single time we go head-to-head because we're better as a team. That's it. That's it. And we're challenging DX to a match at WrestleMania 35. Bring your boys out because when you get hit with the chocolate thunder vanilla ice cream, you're sleeping, boy. Close to the mark takes on DX at WrestleMania 35. Vince McMahon, we know you listen to the show. Book it. It's or money. a local house show. Whatever one We can do it in the backyard. I don't care. We've been doing this in the backyard. I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. When you take an old dude, you've seen these old dudes, and you take another old dude, you've seen these old dudes too, and you get us with the age of the internet, WebMD, these boys all day. He's been feeling a little bit under the weather. He thinks he has a cold. Oh, it also might be a kidney infection, and he thinks it's a cold. So when I catch him with my unimpressive physique, catches a kidney infection with a right hook, the boy still falls. There's more than one way to win. Absolutely. There's more than one way to win. If you've been listening to this show, you know that we put some thought into what we would do if we had to step into that situation. Do you think we haven't thought of how we would take out Triple H's quads? In case you haven't looked at them recently, they're not exactly built from no. solid steel. I wouldn't call him Darth Vader. He's not been rebuilt. No. I'm gonna call I'm gonna call that a weakness. Yes. I'm gonna call that a weakness. I'm gonna call that something we exploit. Exactly. So In fact, we, you know what? Sean, maybe you should bring Kevin Nash as your partner, because his quads might actually be a little better shape than Triple H. Mm-hmm. But Father Time's not been to him either. And when he catches, put it like this, Okada did take 11, 17 knees to the head. Because he's in his prime, and he's a young man, and he's a beast. Those guys aren't. Yeah. So, I don't care how athletic you think we are. I don't care how soft you think we are. I don't care what you think about us as a competitor. I'm telling you this, and there's not a question. It's only a statement. This is a fact. It's not a discussion. I am in good enough shape to impactfully drive my knee into his head. So is Charles. And when that happens to someone that qualifies for the senior citizen discount at McDonald's, when that happens to them, they fall. Yeah. And they do not get up do you for think- three seconds. They click their life alert button and wait 11 minutes for an ambulance to show up. Do you, three. Do you think we're going to stand across from you at WrestleMania and talk to each other about your combined title reigns? No. Or how many stars you've earned in matches at WrestleMania? Let me tell you something Vince probably told y'all. This is a what you've done for me lately business. Absolutely. Y'all ain't done nothing lately. Except We've been doing this. Except show a little bit more gray in your hair. Way more. The, your next business venture is just for men hair dye. 
and you saw Undertaker leave his on the canvas. So that mask will do you no good. Yeah. Zero good. And I'm not saying this out of pure disrespect for D-Generation X. We respect what you guys have done in the past. But if you want to come back for one more match, I'm glad you think it's just going to be for fun. Because it's not going to be for a payday. You're taking an L. You're taking a big L. They're going to call you Bray Wyatt afterwards. This is what I was just talking to my wife and my son earlier today about. I said, I am going to destroy Roman. That's my son. In every video game. Forever. And one day, he's going to rise up and beat me. And I'm going to be very proud. Because he finally did it. And then my wife says, what if he doesn't like playing? Because it always loses. I say, no. Competing is fun. Winning is the reward. So if you want to have fun, Sean, you can come compete. But if there's a small part of you that maybe you think is turned off, that is actually an adrenaline rush chasing a W, you're not getting it. Yeah. And you won't leave there happy if that part exists. If it doesn't, come have fun. But when you're mildly concussed, you're a little bit woozy. You can't hear or see well, and you just see Charles and I holding our hands up celebrating. I don't know if that's going to feel good to you. And you know but that's how you will feel. I'm going to say right now, just because I know what it ultimately comes down to is that we want it more. That's and it. I'll tell you, I will tell you how much more we want it. Charles, tell him. TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs close to the mark against DX. We'll put our bodies on the line. We'll supply the tables. We'll bring some chairs. I don't have a ladder. I'll go get one. Yeah. Big one, too. I don't play. Home Depot, we are on the way. We're going to get some toys. And that's that's Arthur Blank is a Home Depot owner of Atlanta Falcons, too. Think I've never been in a car crash? Been in a car crash. You guys are going through the worst car crash of your lives. You think I've never been caught with a right hook from a dude that weighs 6'4 and 230 pounds with 1% body fat? I haven't. But I can read about it online, and I know I could take it at least once. See you, boys. WrestleMania, Vince McMahon, you know where we're at. Close to the mark podcast at gmail.com, at CTTM podcast on Twitter, at CTTM podcast on Facebook. Find us, reach out to us, set it up, put it on. I don't care. I don't care if it's the pre-show headliner. I don't care if it's the opening match. Keyword headliner. I don't care, but I don't care where you put us. I know what people are going to pay money to see. Close to the Mark podcast versus DEX TLC match, WrestleMania 35. Let's have some fun. And tread lightly, fellas, or we'll come find you. Okay, so um, hope DX and Vince Man listen to that. Well, they will. And I want a response. Um, you know. We'll take silence as a yes. That's a good idea. Yeah. We'll be there. <laughs> you pack your gear, Sean. <laughs> so the reason that we're in this this uh this this deep this deep ocean of promo is because there's not a lot to talk about from the last couple of weeks. The there, there hasn't been that much going on. I mean, we we talked about a couple of weeks ago how we're in a uh you know, we're in a long cycle right now. We had the super short cycle from WrestleMania to the Greatest Royal Rumble to Backlash. Um, a lot happened in just the span of a, the first couple weeks of our podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we've been waiting um, for a long time to get to um, Money in the Bank. You pair that with Money in the Bank is like the pay-per-view that doesn't get billed because the pay-per-view itself 
It's is, supposed to be buildings. Yeah, it's well, and it's supposed to like. It's supposed to tell you where stories are going to go and who's going to be like surprise contenders. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's not a lot that's been happening other than just establishing who our competitors are. Um, and there's been like, there's been a lot of weird stuff that's happened too. So weird. The Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens thing, I Sammy mean, Sami Zayn thing, yeah. is, I think it's going to do its best to, to, to do the worst. It's just uncomfortable. Like, I don't understand. Weird. How we got to the point where, like, an obstacle course on Raw is setting us up for a match. Yeah, like, didn't we, did they forget that they're professional wrestlers? I like, mean, what, what kind of, if you're a professional wrestler, and that's what you do the best, mm-hmm. you would think your blood feud would be like, well, let's wrestle. Or Yeah, like, <laughs> let's fight. Exactly, like, if, if I had a scuffle with Mike Tyson in his prime... And it was very, very important to him, and it was something he hated me about and thought that I was disrespecting him, and I made him, I disrespected him, and everything like that. And they're like, you know what, Mike? This has to get settled, and your legacy's on the line. How do you want to settle it? He'd be like, let's see you can sell more lemonade. Yeah. You know? Come on, man. No, he'd be like, well, let's fight then. And these dudes... Are just not doing that, and it's and it's so dumb. Yeah. Like, how did you take? I've never seen someone go. Kevin Owens. I think I said it. I said it on the show. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had the hottest thing going in WWE, and in one week, they managed to turn the whole thing off. Incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. What the 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 <laughs> the Viagra ran out, you know, yeah. because it went from hundred percent. To zero immediately. Well, and, you know, in in building these Money in the Bank matches, you had, you know, you had like six weeks to build up to the main, to the, to the pay-per-view, and you got all of your qualifiers out of the way in Wait. like four weeks, Wait. which, I mean, it makes no sense. You should have like, you could have taken six weeks to figure out like every week you have a new entrant and you could still have two surprises yeah. um, in the matches, you know? The biggest traps, what happened to the to tag team money in the bank match? No tag team money in the bank match. Remember like, we <laughs> cut promos for it, yeah. just not having it. <laughs> yeah, they cut promos for it, everything. They just said no. Yeah. And uh, like we're not even getting a raw title match at Money in the Bank, I don't think. That's uh, we oh. we we know that the B team is gonna challenge the deleters of worlds. I'm guessing that's going to happen Monday night. Yeah, but the, the tag team on Raw is just so horrible. I know, but I mean, it says a lot when you don't even have a championship match taking place at the pay-per-view because who who would, like, even though we don't pay for pay-per-views anymore, like, you still have to ask the question, who would pay to see this match? Yeah, exactly. And the, the answer is nobody. nobody. Yeah. And the worst part is, like, I could understand, like, like Brock Lesnar not defending here, you know, and, and uh, amidst the rumors of no SummerSlam and stuff, but it's what it is, I think will be there. But, like, you could understand Brock Lesnar not being at Money in the Bank because there's a bigger show he's going to be at. Mm-hmm. So, assuming that's the logic, but there's only four bigger shows, and you know dang well they're not going to be on those, so uh, this show is just not good enough. Yeah. Which is incredible because you would think, I don't know, I think, I, I want to live in a world that every... Every title on every pay-per-view is defended because you would think the titles are on the people that 
are going to have the best matches. They're going to have the best matches. Yeah. You know, but I just... And, 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 and I don't, like, last week we talked about, you know, that I, I didn't disagree with you that we're in one of the worst situations as far as tag team talent on Raw right now that we've been in a long time. Yeah. Not the worst ever, because there have been some pretty abysmal ones in the past. That's incredible to think, because I don't understand what could be worse. Well, so right now you're aware that there are tag team champions. Yeah. Yeah, we've been in spots in the past where, like, just nobody even remembered that. Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so there can be worse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could have Billy and Chuck as the tag team champions right now, and we'd never even think to mention it on the show. Okay, fair enough, fair but, enough, fair enough. But, um, you know, we've had segments setting up the Women's Money in the Bank match. Um, we know, um, you know, we have a few legitimate contenders in there. We've got Asuka. We've got uh, Becky. Asuka and Charlotte. We've got, um, is Charlotte in? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we've got um, uh, Sasha Banks. And Bailey. Bailey's not in. Bailey's not in. Bailey did not qualify. I forgot about the burial Bailey. Just when you think a hole can't get any deeper. Yeah. She's proving you wrong. Yep. Her goal, her goal is this. You ready for this? This is going to be clever. Her goal is to dig a hole so deep. She comes she out the other out side. She pops out in Japan. <laughs> She's gonna pop out in Japan for wrestling. That's what happened to Cody Rhodes. Yeah, the goal so he popped out in Japan. No, nope. people have had the talk. Maybe it's time for a new Japan women's division. Oh, Bailey yeah, Bailey could be the start. Bailey, I mean, it's, it's... we know she can have great matches. Well, we know she can have a great match with Sasha Banks. I've seen, I've seen Bailey have some pretty awesome. I've matches. seen Bailey with Sasha Banks. I've seen Bailey with Becky Lynch. I haven't seen Bailey with anyone else. But I think, I mean, she I had was... a great match with Charlotte. When back in the NXT days. Ooh, I guess I think Bailey. I think the allure Bailey is because she seems to be the most attainable diva. She I, I, like I, I think she feels like she feels like the you know the fan who made it, exactly. and like who I mean. doesn't want to root for the fan who made it? Like that's well, the one that I don't always... think. I don't think of Bailey as like attainable in the sense that I want to see her as like. This creepy young woman that I have a fixation. Well, I'm on. not saying that. I'm saying like if you look at like Eva Marie, she's out of my league. If you look at Sasha Banks, she's out of my league. Look at Benjamin Beckley, she's out of my league. Look at Carmel, she's out of my league. All my my league. I feel like Bailey is a regular person that would sit down and talk to us about wrestling and have fun. I feel like with Bailey, like with my personality, because if we're talking about wrestling and she would be passionate about wrestling, it'd be fun. All these other girls would be like. Well, yeah, but like, what about shopping and makeup and stuff like that? That's how I feel. I mean, I'm wrong because I've never met these girls, so I'm totally wrong. And maybe I'm unreasonable for being this much judgmental, and they're probably wrestling fans. But that's just how I feel about Becky. I mean, Bailey. Is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like it is a waste to have the opportunity to have the four horsewomen of WWE in a money in the bank ladder match and not do it. And well, they like, straight up just recoined the Ronda Rousey company, the new four. Well, no, so they were the four horsewomen of UFC. Yeah, but now they're four horsewomen of WWE. Well, there were two four horsewomen. Yeah, but there's four of them. I know, but I mean, there's like eight, there's eight horsewomen, four of them are WWE, four of them are UFC, and now they're all in WWE, so. Yeah, I just think that, uh, I don't know, man. Like, but here's a question I want to ask about Bailey. She feels like the fan that made it, I agree. Mm -hmm. But if you always lose and you're always involved in, like, the worst booking, can you say you've made it? I mean, she's on the show, but I do feel like, like I say, I think it's a missed opportunity. Because I think time. I think she should be in this match, and I think I'd rather have Bailey in the match than Lana. Yeah, but would... here's the, here, here's, if, if this is a long game, here's the idea. 
you know there's going to be botches. And if Bailey is your future star of your division, you don't want to get hurt in the ladder match. So they're saving. Yeah, but that's but they're not saving Charlotte, Asuka, Becky, or Sa- uh, Charlotte, Sasha. Because Bailey's leagues so. above them, and she's the future star. I wish I could believe that. Bailey's gonna beat Ronda Rousey. Bailey's gonna be the first one to beat Ronda Rousey. I would love that to be true. Ultimate underdog. She's gonna come in. It's gonna be Rocky versus Ivan Drago. If he dies, WrestleMania thirty six. Well, which one are we at now? Thirty thirty five is next. Oh, thirty eight. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be a long so gonna, yeah. so She's not even near the bottom of where oh, she's going. Oh, hang on, first. Bailey. Hang on. Hang on, girl. You got a long ways to go down before you can start climbing up. You know? <laughs> you got a long ways to go down. But I am ex- I am intrigued. I was talking to my wife today, actually. And my wife is tough because she's always... She's not a... It's a fake type. But she just always... She's always... Uh, what's the word? Suspicious... If there's anything that breaks her disbelief, it can just take the easiest thing, right? The easiest thing. Like if someone does one of those face smacks, she's, even though she heard everything, she's like, oh, if they are real fighting, they would just punched them. So she's that type. But even her, when I told her about Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax, she was like, oh, I'm excited for that one because it's going to be like really big and not that good versus smaller, but like legitimate. Yeah. And she talked about how I said I could beat Floyd Mayweather just because of my size. And I just was very proud it's, of her. I was happy with her. Yeah. You know, good callback, Renee. I got a good callback. I got a good wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a good one. But let's... Uh, so, um, this is uh, the, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Obviously, we got Braun Strowman. Um, I, don't think, I don't think he's the right fit for the match. I don't like having Braun in the match. Yeah, but um, that whole thing, like... The whole thing is like the money in the bank. What do you, what do you mean? Well, the money in the bank show is just an event in, this, in itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I mean, I want to talk about the Johnny Gargano and Chop. So, NXT TakeOver. I mean, it was last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh... It was good. It was a good show. It was a good show. Um, started off with, uh, the Undisputed Era, uh, team of Roderick Strong and, uh... Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish still out with the injury. Adam Cole was out at ringside backing up the Undisputed Era against um, Oni Danny Lurch. Danny Lurch and Owen? Uh, Danny Birch. Danny Birch. And Oni Lorkin. So I got the last name letters mixed up? Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Um, I was impressed by those guys. It was guys. a great match. I thought, and maybe I'm just out of touch here, but when I saw Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin, is that right? Yeah. I thought Dan Mather. Oh. I thought Dan Mather. I thought generic looking dude. Yeah. I thought a creative character on WWE 2K18 was very minimum effort. Yeah. But, but they're actually good. Well, they had that they had that creator wrestler like um give a guy a super strong technical moveset and he's like his he may look like you didn't put any time into the create the appearance mode. Yeah, but you put your time into the moveset. You, you put your time into the moveset and you put the stats at like ninety eight. You put all of them at ninety eight. So you were like a seven year old playing. Yep. I don't care how he looks. Yep. But I want to do cool moves. Yep. And I want them to hurt you. And a lot. there was and there was one strike that you really didn't like that they threw in there. It was like I don't know a backhanded slap or something like that <laughs> yeah. that you didn't really like. So you were flipping through some of the optional strikes and you found a headbutt and you were like, oh, that looks sick. That's the one. Yeah. Square. Yep. I'm spamming that one. Headbutt. Throw <laughs> yeah. that sucker in there. And that was, I mean, like, they, they had great use of moves in that match. Yeah, The, the head, headbutt spots were really nice. I am sold at this point. And I'll tell you the truth. Kyle O'Reilly, when I first saw him, I thought, like, it killed me how 
over-exaggerated all of his movements were. Like, he just seemed, like, super over... He seemed like a bad actor, because everything was so exaggerated, I felt like. But now that, like, he's grown on me, yo, that boy is the truth, man. He's stupid good. Mm -hmm. Roderick Strong is kind of weird, because I feel like he doesn't fit well in the group. I feel like he's finding... Uh, I mean, I feel like he actually was a great tag team partner. No, he was. He was great to have, but I just feel like the group itself doesn't feel like Roger Prong's supposed to be in it. I feel like that's going to play into the story ultimately that like the the way he joined yeah. was like I joined because I'm power hungry yeah. and because I'm like that guy who will stab you in the back. See, I don't think he leaves like that, man. I think he might like he might stab Adam Cole in the back and take over. Well, we are sort of Seth Rollins. Well, I think it's going to be they're going to But he to might offer. take over the group is what I'm saying. Adam Cole might be left out to die. With Seth, it was no like chance. Shield disbanded. See, I, I don't I don't I don't think so, man. I, I think it's going to be that group is gonna say, let's do this despicable act to keep the title and Roger Tron's gonna be like, Look guys, I'm not willing to You think to go that's that. a I'm line not, too far? I'm not willing to go I don't that see far. him as a line too far kind of guy. I think he'll do whatever I it takes. See him as a line too far. I see him as like the John Cena when he had a chair versus Bray Wyatt. And everyone's and like, will he do it or not? No. And he's like, I'm not. I, I won't go that far. Huh. And I think that's where he disbands. I think he's supposed to be a super baby face. Yeah. And I think that's how they bridge it. Well, it was, a great, it was a great back and forth match. So many convincing near falls where so like everybody was like... You know, that's that was it. That was the finish right so there. So many. And, oh, the, the double submission spot. with That's when I was on board when, with Kyle O'Reilly, when he swooped over there. He rolled over, and from the from the, from the, the held down position, from the cross pace position, rolls over and kicks the other Lorcan in the face. Yeah. Who has Roderick Strong in, in his half submission. Grab, yeah. Yes. Which was crazy. Like, it's, it's very rare. I think we talked about it on the show before. Like you know, what's it called? The 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 test of power spot or the power, you know, test what I'm saying? of strength that like they made yeah. that famous, and now you see that sometimes. Those are cool and all, uh -huh. but I appreciate and maybe because you have a bigger repertoire watching me, there's things that fall in that category. But I appreciate stuff I've never seen before. Yeah. So I saw two dudes locked in submission, and I knew one or two things were gonna happen from being just watching for what they scoot their way to the ropes, you know, or they get out it somehow. And in my past. When they locked the other guy in, that's the that's signal. It. That the signal because it's done. Yeah. That was you knew he was gonna try to interfere, break it up. Yep. But once he get locked in submission, two, no more. Tapping out. So I was like, wow. And then I was like, these guys aren't even scooting to the ropes either. Yeah, they can't. So make I it. saw him scooting, and he turned the other way, and I said, oh my god, that's it. And then when he kicked him in the head a bunch of times, yeah. Kyle Riley kicks look good. Yep. I was like, good god, that's incredible. Because that made it back to the category. If this was real. What would you do? Mm -hmm. And it looked, you could see them in their mind playing it out. And, the and he ran part, out of options. The smartest part of it, too, is like he knows that Roderick Strong is the legal man that if he taps out, you know, like it doesn't matter if Kyle O'Reilly taps out. Like that doesn't change exactly. the match. So he was stuck there. He's got to save. It's more important that he saves Roderick Strong than worries about getting out of his crossface. Exactly. Because that saves the titles. Exactly. And that was great. So so I'm on board with Kyle O'Reilly. And the Undisputed Era hung, hung on to the titles. I don't like Undisputed Era. I like Kyle O'Reilly. Well, I I'm, stand Adam Cole with his greasy self. And he looks like Shawn Michaels at this point. Straight up looks like him. A younger Shawn Michaels with Just For Men. If Shawn Michaels can't make a WrestleMania match, they'll be able to plug Adam Cole in there. 
Because they look exactly the same. Okay. Blows my mind. It freaked out. So backup plan for WrestleMania is close to the mark versus the Undisputed Era. No, no, no. They're going to call Adam Cole, Shawn Michaels. It'll be okay. a doppelganger situation. Okay. You know, but in case, that's a, that match was incredible. Yeah. Uh, what was after that? It was Ricochet, the, Velveteen Dream. Oh, my God. Such a good match. It was so good. So I'm, I'm sold on Ricochet. Well, hold on. I'm sold on Velveteen Dream, but by God, if if Ricochet has not put to end, remember the I mean, we made a post on our on our Twitter about it. The differences of WWE style and indie style, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people say that whole die thing. You know what yeah. would Ricochet be? I mean, Ricochet and Will Ospreay were literally the heart of that. Mm-hmm. So it was saying that this guy is not good without that stuff. He's not no don't do storytelling well. Doesn't do this. They think his physical capabilities with the extent of skill level. If that's not put to rest, I'm done with anyone else otherwise. The best part Dude's about incredible. best part about this match for me was that you really told the story between these guys. They actually took to heart when they I can do anything play in the match. Either. Anything you can do, I can do better. You know this far? I'm going farther. Ricochet is gonna do the rolling Death Valley driver to Velveteen Dream mm-hmm. just to show he can do it better. Yep. And of course you have the told you I can do it better avalanche rolling Death Valley driver mm-hmm. and then they did the when he rolled over and he was going to jump across like three court the, the 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 announcer coast to coast no 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 the first one when Velveteen Dream no no Ricochet was going to get Velveteen Dream and he rolled over and he was like oh my god he's, he's too so far, far away. away he's going to do it anyway he does the and shooting he got star. his knees up yep. and then two minutes later Velveteen Dream goes said, I'm going the whole distance. Yeah. So if you want to try to go 75% ring, I'm going 100. And they both failed. They both failed, <laughs> which was the best part. Yeah. But, but I think the part that I think they're going to tell someone, Ricochet like slid underneath the ring, not yeah. like went to the apron. He rolled under it. the rope, yeah. So I want to know what the next step of one up, because you can't one up 100%. Well, so Meltzer, Meltzer said that Velveteen Dream went 80% of the way across the ring. No. I'm going to give it to him. He, like... If he'd been doing the drop kick, he would have made it to the other room. Yeah, I mean, so he's like, tall. If he'd extended his legs, I say he made it 100%. He was just going for an elbow drop, so he landed. Well, no, if, if Ricochet wouldn't have moved, that elbow would have made it. He landed inside the turnbuckle on the other side of the ring. I yeah. call that coast to coast. It would have hit him. It would have yeah. hit him right in the. It would have hit him on his right pectoral muscle. Pectorial, if you're, uh, yeah, if you're, you, you hear this new mic, we got, you heard that well. Yeah, if you're, if you're, uh, well, I was just gonna say, if you're, if you're Gorilla Monsoon back in the day, it was the pectoral muscle. Oh, he the always, pectoral. He always called it the pectoral. I always thought that these were called deltoids, but I think I'm wrong. The things that make you look like a monster—that's the trapezoid. The trapezoid. Yeah, you gotta deltoids. work on them traps. I gotta work on those too. I gotta work on most of it. Um, Don't matter. We're still gonna beat DX. Absolutely. In any case, yeah. What was on after that? That's is that Pat McAfee. Yo, that's Pat McAfee on the pre-show. I'm a Pat McAfee dude, man. No free ads, though, Pat. You'll appreciate that. Yeah, that outfit he got made fun of for those shorts and shoes. Yeah, but the dude's a cool dude. Yeah. In any case, so then we had the women's match. Yeah, then we had... uh, I just got to say one more thing about uh, Ricochet Velveteen. Oh, I agree. I was talking about all day. We keep talking about the Velveteen Dream, and everybody who talks about him talks about how good this guy's going to be. How good he is. Nobody carried him in that match. No. Nobody carried him in that. Velveteen Dream pulled out a suicide dive over the top rope we've never seen from him before. Velveteen Dream pulled out all the stops, 
He did everything. I Here's what I think. I think Velveteen Dream, despite what people say, I think people say sometimes they see him have not-so-great matches on house shows. I think because he's he works to the level of these guys that are already at the top level. Yeah. He's he's so young, but he's already good enough to have a great match with guys at the top level and he did not get carried to it. He did what he had to do in this match yeah, to put on an incredible performance. I think when you see a Velveteen Dream match at a house show versus some guy, a Dan Mather or whoever, and it's not that great of a match. Now, tell me, Rick, I apologize if Dan Mather hears it. We don't mean to disrespect you. He's just a generic look. Yeah. It is I, what it is. No disrespect to you. I hate to always use the example, but you know it's true too, so we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's he is the running joke of the podcast. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler winning world championship and Dan Mather being the WWE creative character with zero creativity. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's the guy where you left all the stats at 47. Yeah. Yeah, like you didn't even turn him up no, at all. Like no. all you wanted to do was see this move in the game. Yep. So you ignored everything else. You just gave him the you finisher. Set up, you set up a one-player versus two-player match. Yeah. Where there's nobody holding the second controller. Exactly. So you can just hit all your stuff. Yep. Or I just edited him when I got the game. Mm-hmm. And then I let my wife play one-on-one. And I talked about Dan Mather like he's a beast. And when she saw him, she was like, good God. I'm not going to be able to be that dude. But she didn't know he has a 47 overall. Yeah. So she proceeds to stomp him, and she feels good afterwards. Yeah. Your sacrifice is appreciated, Dan. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, I just I feel like, I don't know. I, I look at what Velveteen Dream did last night. So and I feel so like everything, every, every move that he pulled off says to me that when it's about performing at the top level with a guy who is so good, Velveteen Dream can be just as good in that match and convince you every bit as much that he has every chance of beating a guy who's at the level of Ricochet. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of guys in NXT that can't work at that level, and I can imagine that when they're when Velveteen Dream is trying to work at the standard he's used to of working with Alistair Black, working with... Uh, Ricochet working with you know five man ladder matches yeah. against the best. He's always brought his A game. He's you can't knock that man. Yeah, that's what you mean. He's 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 top three on NXT right now. No matter how you slice it. I I really I so I I'm gonna say like if I put aside my I'm a wrestling guy for a minute, that's the best sports entertainer in the company right now for me. See, I want to agree with you, but what makes me nervous about Velveteen Dream and this is it. It's nothing on him is I feel like Velveteen Dream right now is a Tyler Breeze when he was in NXT. And I'm afraid that the gimmick, the gimmick could work in NXT because I feel like the suspension of disbelief is much stronger to that fan. Not so much on my Night Raw. But I feel and like... I don't know how much his gimmick will help him. But how... Because Tyler Breeze was putting on how, how, crazy good man. How big and tall is Patrick Clark really? He's like 6'4", isn't he? Yeah, he's a humongous dude. Yeah. So I feel like when he gets up to the main roster and you see him like in ring. Yeah, I don't want to be uncomfortable, but like he's not the exact. The 6'4 is great. Mm-hmm. The abs are great. The color. 
Yeah. You know, I yeah. just feel like that is. Yeah. And I don't want to be awkward out here. But no, like, I know. Just I mean, not like, a history. Yeah, you're right. You know, like, I just, I don't know. Can I get a point, though? Because, like, you I didn't don't... even think about no, that. No, 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 Nothing no. but points. No, for no, that. no, no, no. That, I was like, I did, I didn't, Bone did not enter the conversation. Exactly. Which is incredible. Like, Quick. I just, I just want him to be, exactly. like, my star. Exactly. Quick story about when I knew I was going to marry my wife. All right. Just to paint a picture real quick. I'm half black, half white. My wife is white. We were at a bar in college, and I was one of the few black people at the bar. Probably only one is the real answer. I had a red shirt on. That's important. So my wife lost me. She couldn't find me. She was going around the bar. Keep in mind, I'm the only black guy at the bar. She was going around the bar. She was saying, have any of you guys seen a guy with a red shirt? Any of you guys seen a guy with a red shirt? And I heard her, and then I found her, and she told me that. And I was like, honey, why don't you just say, like, yes, you're a black guy? And the look on her face was like, oh... Yeah, I didn't consider that. At that point, I was in. Yeah, I said that's it. That's what Charles just did. But you know what, though, what Charles just like did. I'm gonna be honest, and I'm like I'm, like I like to think I'm a pretty liberal and progressive guy. Good idea. But but I, and I'm like I'm not on the like extreme social justice warrior side of things yeah. in most respects. But I'm gonna take away my point because I will admit. Like, white privilege is not thinking about the fact that when you get to the main roster, you have to be worried about what color you are. And that's, I think that played into part of my thinking, too. Oh, wow. So your pro was actually a con? I think, like, I just, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm like, not even, like, your immediate thought is, like, hang on a second. His color might hold him back. And I'm like, that's never stopped me. But that's, oh. you know, it's like, that's. Well, at least we're a good group of dudes here. Yeah. You know, so you can, if nothing else, be like, hey. Listen to these reasonable dudes talk about the pros and cons. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, Vince, like, <laughs> learn a lesson. Please don't mess him up. Please. And just, just like, make him awesome because he's so good. Give he's him such the a ball good, and let talent. him run yeah. because the, he is so good. Yeah. I do, I, like, all color aside... I fear his gimmick some because I just don't know. Well, I don't know he's going to well. hang on to the same gimmick. I mean, I well, but I feel like I feel like the Velveteen Dream is that gimmick. I don't. I'm, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because he's super. He's super incredible. Just and I, I hate to be this guy, but Patrick Clark is super duper incredible. Yeah, I want Patrick Clark to be given a chance to shine. I, love I don't him. necessarily want Velveteen. Can Dream. I say I would love to have him have a gimmick? That was more like because he comes out with as, with the glasses a lot with Velveteen Dream. Yeah, because he's flamboyant. Right, but I would love to have him have a main roster gimmick where he's like that dude with glasses, and you know, although he's tall, like he's not scratched. He's yeah, he's he's kind of thin too. Like he's a little bit. Well, I mean, he's thin compared to like. I mean, Lars Sullivan. Yeah, like, but he, he came is, in this room, he'd be thick. Sure, but I mean, like, just he's lanky because yeah, yeah, he's yeah, tall. Yeah. And, like, I could see him, like, maybe he could have a gimmick where he's not, like, he's that, almost like that Clark Kent type of personality. Yeah, absolutely. But when he gets to the ring, Superman comes out. Exactly. That, that's that's what, what they need to do, is they need, like, like a, what, Finn Balor versus the Demon. Right. If you're going to do anything Velveteen Dreamish, uh-huh. it needs to be... Regular clothes, Velveteen Dream. Right. Is And he's a beast. Like, can't. like when, when, uh, when... Uh, Charlie Murphy told the story about playing Prince basketball. It's like this is Prince, and he's wearing a blouse and heels. He still schooled us at basketball. <laughs> he still schooled us. Like you have Velveteen Dream. That's like he's Velveteen Dream in all the promos and all the outside of the ring segments. And then the bell rings, and you're getting schooled. Yeah, exactly. And then someone needs to beat him, 
and then he needs to reveal the that the entire time there was a deeper level that he puts aside because he doesn't like the person he turns into when he is this guy. But if you're, but I also need to win. So if I'm gonna have to bring him out, so be it. I just can we have Velveteen Dream at some point say game blouses? I would be down with that. <laughs> All right, I would be down with that. But no, but I want to take a minute too. Shout out to Ricochet. Yeah, because that yes. boy is incredible on a different margin. Yeah, he's so good. Like he's. Now, he's what about that? Like talking about our Twitter. What about that gif? Which one? Ricochet flipping out of the ring, Crazy, landing on his man. feet on the ramp. Crazy. I've never seen anybody do that. I don't even think I'd be willing to try. Like that might people always say like, hey, would you do this or wouldn't do this for me and bucks? <laughs> you know, and I've always I'd be I'm, like, I'd be paralyzed. Exactly. I'd always I would I would always schedule through like, hey, but it's a million bucks. I probably would do that thinking about it, right? I don't think that'd be in category things I would try. Yeah. Because I just remember when Enzo More threw himself over the rope for Cesaro? When Zara tried to throw him over the rope mm-hmm. and straight up missed, so they just did himself. Yeah. That's what I would look like. But I wouldn't land gracefully. Don't sleep, DX. We'll still catch you with a needed head. Yeah. But I wouldn't land gracefully, and I would probably die. So what's the million bucks if you dead? Yep. And the fact that he just did it is incredible. Yeah. And they even did their, they did their, like, their, his iconic Superman like, superhero when Superman thing. when Superman lands and he just continues taking steps as yeah. he lands, that's what Ricochet that's looks like. what he did and then he did the Superman landing with the pose too yeah like they did they put a WWE spin like that segment when they did the flips and the back and forths and all mm-hmm. that and they ended up with both of them in their poses that was literally the segment that sparked off that dive controversy yeah when him and Will Ospreay did that when you looked at the clips it was like watch this now obviously it was super toned down but he proved, I think it was his goal, he proved, and it worked so well with Velveteen Dream, because he's younger, I bet, and he's not as like old school tactics, old school tactics, and he's probably more open-minded, that he proved that you could have something like that in wrestling if you toned it down some. I think Ricochet, Ricochet's mental and like his experience and what he knows works doesn't work, paired with the future of Assuming Velveteen Dream is the the beginning of a new age, a new charge, and that's like going to be the next, next future. Because you got like Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, they're like 30 right now. I feel like 30, 31 is like when you hit the top age. Mm -hmm. So assuming Patrick Clark enough is the next, next group, that group is going to be crazy. Yeah. Because you take mindset of Ricochet with what you can do, what you can't do. He obviously gets it. Mm-hmm. The same stuff everyone's hating on, he just brought it to them. Yeah. Changed and a little bit, and they loved it. Somebody said, hey, like, try not to land on the top of your head. And he's like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And so, he did a great match. Yeah, all that. So I think in, in, in six years, wrestling's going to be attitude era level again. It could be. Could be, right could be fantastic. Yeah. Um, Shayna Baszler, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, you, I mean, the show knows we about know. the different crazy Nikki Cross, right? She really ruffled that feather again because I don't know what it is about her. She's crazy. You know, she's absolutely crazy. And the match, she was crazy. The match itself, you proved that just crazy is not actually an ingredient in a really good match. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the... So, this match, um, like, as much as the Ember Moon stuff and the Dakota Kai stuff has done a pretty decent job of hiding Shayna Baszler's weaknesses... This one did not. This one did not, and the truth is, like... 
as much as they wanted to sell this as the story of like the non-wrestler champion who's like an MMA champion versus the crazy wild the man. non-wrestler Nikki sucks. Cross who's like a fighter because she fights like an animal yeah like an and animal. like these guys, these two are not gonna have a traditional wrestling match was the idea. Well, they went out and they had what was all, in awful lot of ways looked like a traditional wrestling yeah. match. It just didn't look like a very good one. Exactly. This needed to look like how Dean Ambrose versus, you know, uh, I would say Seth Rollins or, or Dan Bryan should look. A brawler versus a tactician. Technical. All right. And we got none of that. We got like, we got slightly below average and everything yeah. across the board. The spot at the end with Nick Cross just smiling her way to sleep. Yeah was just uncomfortable to watch. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, um, you know, I... Like, when you look at their... When you look at the story they're trying to tell, MMA fighter versus wild animal, straight up MMA fighter to death. Like, MMA fighter was superior, and just because the wild animal smiled to death doesn't mean they didn't die. Right, and (laughs) it's the other thing that we talked about when we talked about the ending of uh, the triple threat with uh, Joe, Cass, and Daniel Mm -hmm. was that, like, there's no great victory in being willing to get choked out. Exactly. It's not the same thing as passing out because you won't tap out to a painful submission. You know, you are being choked unconscious. You're being killed. Yeah, like you might as well tap because there's no victory in like just staying in it another second until you black out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like once you once you were smiling, once you did that I took into account as she and then accepted. It really looked like she went to sleep at that. Exactly, point. she accepted what was going to happen, and she just knew she lived in a world that it was going to happen. And she said, "Well, what's what's the phrase from uh, what's the word for Interstellar? And it's from a famous book. You probably know it. It's a uh, don't go quietly into the night. Oh like yeah, that. do not go gently into that good yeah, night. Something like rage, that. Rage and she just them. accepted that was the life. Yeah. And she did go quietly and did a good night. And I just don't understand. When you talk about storytelling, you're just like, all right, Charles, so you're going to choke me out. And that's brutally. Like, I'm going to laugh about it while you're doing it. And the thing is, like, the way to tell the story of, like, how Shayna Baszler beats Nikki Cross is probably, and I don't know, maybe there will be a rematch between these two, but I think when Nikki Cross is in the Baszler chokehold, you need to be fighting. You should literally be scratching the exactly. arms to the point that you draw blood yeah. and breaking the hold. Like a wild that's animal. That's what an animal would do. Exactly. And if you scratch the arms to the point that you escape, and Shayna has to use something else to take you out. Yeah. Or even to, if you don't escape and you just get knocked out, but and you're she, just her arms at, are yeah. clawed. Exactly. You're now that's that arm, try to bite her. They now that makes Shayna look more like a champion who's willing to fight to keep her belt. And it looks and like it makes that you girl. look crazy. Yeah, exactly. It makes that girl like, yeah, you can might be able to choke her out, but next time I'm not sure if you'll be able to hang on. And I don't want a rematch against that. I don't want a rematch where I'm going <laughs> to exactly. get my arms scratched. Exactly. Like I should be like, look, this girl's a wild animal. We're supposed to be professionals here. Yeah. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all got to y'all got to send her to somewhere because I signed up. To for a, for a fight, yeah, not uh, not a, teeth and claws, not teeth and claws, yeah. yeah. I, I understand she acts like an animal, but I didn't sign up to actually fight against the animal, yeah. You know, and I think that'd be good, but just to get choked out there and just accept it, yeah. No, she should have been scratching, clawing, kicking everything, and eventually went to sleep yeah. while she was doing it, or she should have got out. So, um, no title changed hands because the next match was Alistair Black versus Lars Sullivan, 
And uh, Alistair Black, uh, boy, I mean, he was getting killed. We have to talk about that botch, though. That boy missed that kick by a solid foot when he went for the black mask. I think it was a black mask. He went for the kick and he missed by a solid foot. And we got a we got a gender we got a gender uh, what's it called? Something of the wind. Whisper in the wind. Whisper in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> we just fall down anyway. Yeah, respectfully. And the commentator actually said he, he kicked his head, his foot so hard past his head, the force around it knocked him down. The commentator said it. Which we talked about on the show. Yeah. They listened. Definitely. And, and I have to apologize because it actually wasn't a good idea. Yeah. When we heard it live. It did not sound convincing. No. <laughs> but the man. No, the concussion of your foot going by is generally speaking not enough to knock somebody down. <laughs> generally. Not especially if you're a big dude like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the match itself was a lot of Lars Sullivan murdering. A lot. Alistair Black, who, you know, was, was you know, in the position of... Um, they were telling the story that, that he has that same thing that Okada had where, like, you can hit him with anything and he just, he will kick out. Yeah. Um, it's just resilience. It's like a, just a test of resilience versus a monster. Right. I feel like that's, we get that a lot. And in this case, you know, he was able to find the formula, which was essentially the formula was like five black masses. Mm-hmm. LOL, black wins. Yeah. Oh, well, that's progressive, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, not much of a match. I mean, you know, like, it had its spots, but, uh, you know, I felt like... A humanized, a humanized Lars Sullivan. And that was good. So the, the thing that I like is that the story here was like, although I don't think that it elevated Aleister Black into a monster and an undefeatable champion... It took a guy that we've seen these vignettes of him killing like eight performance center wrestlers in a row, and we've seen him have two on one and three on one handicap matches yeah. and win. Now he has a one on one match with champion and he loses clean pin in the middle of the ring. Um, that's like that's the kind of thing I I actually like. It served to even the playing field. And it just tells you that like there has to be a point even for the the biggest tree that if you chop it enough times it falls down yeah and when you when you don't allow yourself to tell that story you book yourself into a corner exactly and the Oscar corner the the um well, Oscar I've been mean, almost she just beat everybody relinquished title yeah once you lost Charlotte everyone was just like well what was the point yeah and you the, always end up with in that. a sense like the Brock Lesnar and the Braun Strowman corner where it's like you've just built these guys up too much yeah. and you know the only thing... Maybe it's the Nia Jax conundrum. Well, Nia... she just always loses in creative ways, but they run out of creative ways. Yeah, that's true. And she just kills everything. But the thing's like, you don't see Braun Strowman losing to an arm bar, you know, and you see... You see him losing to a spear clean in the middle of the ring or 1F5. But not one, you know, not one spear. And, it was 1F5. It was 1F5, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's the idea that, like, you... The way to defeat these guys is is to hit them, you know, with a finisher over and over and over and over and over again. And eventually, if you do that enough, it, it finishes them. But see, I think oh, this is important for me to bring out there. I think what we're talking about right now, we've had this discussion, and you lead me towards your side where I started with WWE is a kid show, right? And you don't necessarily agree, and I agree with you on that. Now we can talk about the time and all that. But when people say adults say it insults your intelligence, and other people say it's a kid show. This is the situation that creates that. Because this is what you got to imagine. Brock Lesnar kills Braun Strowman with 1F5. Right. 
Brock Lesnar has to hit six F5s to beat Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So doesn't that mean Roman Reigns should crush Braun Strowman? Well, it does. But it does not happen. So the adults are like, that insults my intelligence. Because there's no way if Brock Lesnar, I mean, what we just talked about. If, if, if Roman Reigns can eat five F5, Braun Strowman can only eat one. Roman Reigns is obviously better. But if it's a kid's show, they don't think about that and consider that. They just know these two have good matches. Mm-hmm. So that's what spills me across that continuum. I always land on, I don't think it's a kid's show anymore, but it's stuff like that, I think, is where that gap... Well, you know, the average, the average age of the WWE viewer is now over 50 years old. Yeah, but that's just like a super-duper anomaly. Not anomaly, but it's just like a huge chunk. Like, a majority of them are over 50 years but, old. I mean, that's what it means. Is like, if the average is 50 or over 50... Well, yeah, but if the average age of people that watch Bob the Builder was over 50, it doesn't mean it's designed for 50-year-olds. It well, means they watch. It, it, it doesn't, but I mean, I feel like, you know, you know you know who your audience is. You know who's watching your product and, and like... Do you sp- tailor it to them? Uh, no. No, but I mean... Sunday doesn't tailor it to them ever, man. Vince yeah. man. You don't care. Yeah. He's got billions of dollars... A bunch of other companies, according to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, so then the uh, then the, the main event, um, the street fight, uh, Chiampa Gargano 3, I believe this was? Uh, one Chiampa, one Gargano. Yeah, it was 1-1. One, one. Yeah, so um, this was a brutal match. It was Quick a... Quick time for you talk. Whatever happened to loser and least NXT Gargano lost? Did we uh, just forget about that? They they do that storyline all the time. It's you know. But that's they, why they did the street fight. Yeah, loser leaves. Well, they did loser leaves NXT. Uh, and Gargano lost. Right. And then the next match was unsanctioned. Right. Because Gargano lost and wasn't allowed to be in NXT, and if Gargano be in NXT, it had to be unsanctioned. Right. But the unsanctioned match was to earn him his contract back, and he won. Was it? Yeah. Did they specify that? Yeah. Okay. So you have to do an unsanctioned match because he's not allowed. NXT, but then he can but get. But you his, can win your contract back in that same match. In the unsanctioned match, which doesn't make sense. I wonder if you'd see that in New Japan. No, because if not. the if the if the company doesn't acknowledge the match, and they have zero. Then they can't on. acknowledge the results of match, giving you your contract. And actually, Gargano, I mean Ciampa, was on Twitter when he lost, talking about saying how that the match didn't happen, yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah. So what are you guys talking Non-existent about? Non-existent match. Like, yeah. how does he get his contract back? Exactly, yeah. but. So, here we go again. Um, now, this match started out with um, Gargano headed on his, way to his, on his way to the ring. Before he made it out to the ring, uh, Candice LeRae found him, and you thought that she was perhaps, you know, going to say, like, don't do this, I don't want to yeah, see you become the monster, you know, like, can't you just let it go, all this stuff. Instead, she handed him a crutch. Let's go. And said, kick his ass. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. So Gargano said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Heads to the ring, crutch in hand. We get Rebel Heart. Do you, Gar- do you remember the Daniel Bryan uh, WrestleMania promo, the one with the monster video? Mm-hmm. If somebody could go ahead and just Photoshop Gargano on Daniel Bryan and yep. Ciampa and every other person in the video, yep. I think it still applies perfectly. I think it would work perfectly, yes. Yeah. All right, but continue. Yeah. So, um... Gargano's waiting for Ciampa, who comes out with a crutch of his own. Did he have an entrance? Because I see the beginning to this. 
Was uh, entrance silence again? Yeah, he just came out to silence with a crutch. Um, <laughs> they, they went to war in the ring. That's awesome. There were a lot of toys involved in this match. They set up the steel steps uh, on the side of the ring apron at the entrance ramp. Um, they broke out the trash can lids, the crutches. You had a lot of back and forth with weapons. Um, you had a spot that would come back um, to, uh, to haunt us where... Uh, Tommaso Ciampa actually started disassembling the ring, yeah. taking the whole ring apart to expose the, the wooden boards that the rings are built on. Yeah. Um, so you have exposed two by fours now in the ring as the wrestling surface. You nearly saw a spot where Gargano powerbombed Ciampa onto the exposed boards. Well, you remember number two, they pulled up the side of the ring, mm-hmm. the side of that, and they exposed concrete right. there. And who ended up taking that hit? Champa took the hit because mm-hmm. he powerbombed Champa onto that. Yeah, yeah. So, they, so you nearly got that spot, but you didn't. You actually uh, they got out of it, and uh, the the crescendo of the match came when they worked their way back up to the top of the entrance ramp, and Tommaso Champa had the advantage, and Champa pulled off Johnny Gargano's wedding ring, mm. took the man's wedding ring. He spit on it, mm. and he threw it out into the crowd. Mm. Took his wedding ring, threw it away. I mean, just imagine, Corey, if I were to betray you right now, you took my wedding take ring. your wedding ring off your finger, make sure you see that I spit on it, and then I just throw it out into the woods. It's gone. You'll never see it again. I would still join the team to beat DX WrestleMania, Yeah, but as soon as we got the three, yep. I'd beat your ass. I believe it. So... Gargano, somewhat inspired by these actions, gave Tommaso Ciampa the zero hour from the top of a construction of ex- yeah. sound equipment and everything. So an era you would expect to see Jeff Hardy. Yes. Shane McMahon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Off of that equipment, through a table down on the floor, it looked like it was legitimately a 12-foot drop to the zero hour through the table with no cushioning underneath it. That's what scares me about these guys. Yeah. Right? In the match itself, great. Can't knock it. But what freaks me out is for sure, I don't. I think everybody knows who Meltzer is, for mm-hmm. sure. And whether they care about star ratings or not, I'm pretty confident everyone's going to look at them. Yeah. I'm pretty confident of that. So when they do their match, everything like that, and they know they're doing another one, they're thinking, how do we outdo our last one? That's human nature, right? And their answer was, let's go bigger. Let's go higher. And I don't like that was their answer. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just a question to get hurt. You know, it's just like, if you got to figure out how to do a better match, and you're trying to figure out, well, we just got to find something higher to jump off of, that's a, that's, that's a loser's game, I think. Yeah. It looked, still good, though. It looked like they were doing a stretcher job on Diampa at that point, but Gargano actually grabbed the stretcher, fought his, fought his way through the referees and the medics, um, dragged the stretcher back down to the ring, where he handcuffed Tommaso Ciampa yeah. and put him on the Gargano escape. Um, and Ciampa is now handcuffed in the submission, yeah. tapping out, but because... No yeah, well, there's no referee because uh, Gargano fought off the refs to get him back into the match. Congratulations. You, you played, played yourself. yourself. <laughs> yeah. So um, the referees and the, uh, the, you know, the, the ringside attendants and WWE staff pull... Gargano away from Ciampa again, uh-huh. um, but Gargano again escapes uh, from them and goes back to the ring to fight Ciampa some Straight more. Murder. 
Yeah, he's he's just not letting this he's, go. He just lost it. He yeah. actually got back to the ramp again, and he looked at his hand, and he realized this man just stole my wedding ring and threw it into the crowd. I'm not getting that back. I'm going to beat some more of his ass. Oh man, this is Johnny Gargano such the baby face? Because here, here, this is deep. We're getting met over here, right? Mm-hmm. He is probably the number one baby face in the company. Everybody absolutely loves this man, right? And if everybody absolutely loves this man, and his wedding ring is thrown into the crowd. Let's assume I call it and I love him. Because I love him, my goal is to get it back. But the guy in front of me loves him too. Same goal. So you think I pass this forward, say so I pass this forward, because we love the guy, we have his ring back. I feel like that's what would happen. And I, I feel like Gargano knows that should happen. He should be like, hey, you guys, you love me, right? Yeah. Well, let me get my ring back. I don't know. I feel like in any big enough group of wrestling fans, you're always going to hear those guys who chant Tommaso Ciampa, and that guy might steal that ring. Yeah, but there's six guys around him that did not chant, so when they watch him get the ring, they say, hey, you dick, give this man his ring back. All right, I'm going to go give him his ring. I'm just going to run out to my car real quick. Well, then, nah, I just feel like that was weak. Well, anyway, he, you know, he I, looked down at his hand and he said, this dude just stole my wedding ring, threw it away. I'm going to get some more of his ass. So he goes back to the... He goes back <laughs> to the... Oh, I'm going to get some more of his ass. Yeah. I'm on his ass. Yeah. So he goes back to the ring. And as he's trying to get back through the ropes, Ciampa has got the handcuffs in front of him now. He's managed to get his hands from behind his back, under his legs, and the handcuffs. He's handcuffed, but now his hands are in front. I'm coming from all the He grabs Gargano as he's coming through the ropes and gives him the hanging DDT but onto the exposed boards Ooh. because the ring's been disassembled. And head first, Gargano's planted into the wood. It slides out one, two, three. Tommaso Ciampa wins. And Tommaso Ciampa, somehow handcuffed, tortured, beaten, literally hanging onto a stretcher to hold himself up, but he walked out under his own power. So now, in my opinion, that's 2 1. In typical world, that's if you're, done. If you're Tommaso Ciampa, you're saying, go away. I'm done. Yeah. Not only did I beat you and you lost your NXT contract, and you won it back in an unsanctioned match, but I just beat you again. I threw away your ring and then beat you. Yeah, like, go away. Yeah. See, I feel like I would want to live in a world that, at that point, the feud is done. There's a lot not, of, Well, the feud's not done. There's a lot of interesting directions, because if you're Candice LeRae... You might say to yourself, "We got intergender match." Candice I, LeRae, Tomasa, you want to bring him to the Omega? I mean, I, I just but if you're Candice LeRae, you might also say to Johnny Gargano, "Okay, no, you're my husband. But you just got beat up. I wear your ring on my finger. You let him take me. And I told you to go beat his ass, and I gave you a crutch to do it with. Divorce you. You came back with an L and no wedding ring. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. You left with a you. You came in with a W." They took away half the W and bent down the bottom of it to create an L. No wedding ring. Yeah. No pride. Yeah. Your head's gashed open, you're concussed. I don't mess with losers. I'm done with you. Yeah, very well Real could divorce. have. We'll see. Yo, I just, I just, I want to live in a world that it's done with and it's over with. Because WWE got a way to drag things on when it's hot. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'd rather than just put it to the side. And then when it comes back later on, maybe what would happen is you put it to the side and next year's next year's uh, Money in the Bank build when there's no build after week two and you got four weeks left well the third week Gargano comes out and debuts the fourth week Ciampa comes in and says you know what 
I'm not letting you steal my spotlight, man. I smashed you, and you think you get to be here before me? And now the rest of the build the money in the bank, those two themselves propel it because you put on hold until you need it instead of always striking why the iron's hot. They don't realize they could just put the iron in an oven and set it at a certain temperature and just let it sit there till they needed it again. They but don't if, ever do that. If we if we were to do that, then we wouldn't have a dance-off between Lana and Naomi. Good point. And what would I do without the dance-off between Lana and Naomi? What would you do without the Iconics and... There is not enough Coco. <laughs> 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 well, for my hair, dude. Gotcha. That's the black people thing. Okay. You put cocoa butter for good for your waves. Yeah. Well, you want to look good before you go to the show. Yeah. They can dance that good. I, I want. I mean, I've heard a lot of women use it on their skin too. Do they? Yeah. Well, you know more than me, I guess. Okay. Because I was talking about I want to look good and be right. moisturized. Uh huh. Because I'm going to be in love with them. Yeah. So when I see them, I want them to like me. Right. So I got to bring my game. Uh huh. What were you thinking? Um. I was thinking about the rest of the build for uh, <laughs> for the for the the last couple weeks and what's been happening on Raw and SmackDown. Is there anything we're missing? Anything we haven't talked about? Like mercy. Um, that we talked briefly about Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley yeah. creating the most dumb build, and then anytime they've interacted, it's been one sided towards Bobby Lashley. So there's nothing there. You know what? With all this, with all this, um, there's nothing. I don't know what Kevin Owens is doing. With all this nothing to talk about, I feel like we should maybe put all that into another show. All the nothing? All of it. What's it going to be? What, what, we're going to record Tomasa Ciampa's entrance? Yeah. All nothing. Episode 7.5, a Money in the Bank preview. Um, sounds good to me. All right. Well, this has been episode 7 of Close to the Mark, talking uh, the events in wrestling leading up to Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Corey. Thank you very much. Love you, Rowan. Love you, Nene. Um, guys, uh, you know, we, we had an awesome guest on the show last week uh, or, or last episode. Um, hit us up if you'd like to be a guest on the show or if you have any thoughts you want to share with us. Close to the Mark Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at CTTM Podcast, Facebook at CTTM Podcast, and uh, stay tuned this week for a special bonus episode of Close to the Mark, episode 7.5, coming at you soon. All right, we'll see you shortly. Corey here. Charles here. Have a good one.